de, de, de Colores Radio. De, de, de Colores Radio. Hi, hello, bienvenidos. Welcome to De Colores Radio. This is episode 66. 66? Yeah. Or 666. You ain't down. That's the devil. Y'all ain't down. We're not down. Oh. The hell the heathens are. Um what? That was really lame. I'm sorry. Um how are you? How are we doing? I am awake on this bright and early Damn. Saturday morning. Great to be here. Thank you all so much for listening. I'm your host, Eva Arreguin, and with me is Rafael Retweet Deacon Mateo. Oh my God. Tamayo. I shall not take the Lord's name in vain. I'm sorry. You should be. Um, I just asked you how you were doing. So what's I'm up? I'm doing great. How are you, oh Eva? How are you doing? You Since I never ask. Listen. You're learning, and that's what matters. I'm doing all right. I feel pretty okay. I was feeling heavier this week, and right now I'm like, okay, I think we're going to be okay. So that's a good feeling, feeling mm-hmm. more positive. Um, like uh, Rafa said, we are recording right now on a Saturday morning because I'm going out of town on the day we usually record, mm-hmm. or I'm going out of town soon, and I'll be gone while we usually record, and we wanted to make sure to still release something to our lovely lovely people yuck no bad rafa (laughs) you're just gonna be quiet yeah oh my god anyways so we still wanted to intro um an episode that we're gonna bring to you today um so there's a few things we want to talk about briefly and then update you on because there are lots of changes and lots of things happening um so before we give you the episode which is actually the part two to the cabronas y chingonas so fat so brave episode which is called too fat too brave and it's with maite from cyc favi fav from latinos who lunch and art people pod and your girl from day colores radio um before we give you that episode we just wanted to give you some updates because there's a lot going on and we don't want to think we don't want y'all to think we're ignoring these things we just will I think touch on it more in depth a little bit later um so I guess um I do want to shout out our last episode which was amazing probably one of my faves um Melania Luisa Marte and Angelica joined us Angelica (laughs) good job you got it right um, we definitely still are hopefully planning the Adios America come back to Dallas performance. So when mm-hmm. we have those dates figured out, we'll let you know. Um, but I was re-listening to the episode because if I don't listen, I I kind of forget what we say. Listen. But it was really good. I really enjoyed that. And I got, we got a lot of great feedback from people and even some donations, which was also dope. Um, yeah. What do you think of that episode? It was really dope. I I I always appreciate when people when people take time out of their schedules to talk to us. But um, and this is not to say that one guest has been more eloquent or articulate than the other. Um, it's just really cool when some people like 
share some really good information and and I've said this to you. There's a few people that I'm a big fan of, and mm-hmm. like I'll just listen to them. Right. Melania is one of those people uh, because she definitely has uh, a lot to share, a lot to say, and so much of the things that she does, uh, so much of the work that she does has so much substance. Um, it's it's just incredibly impactful, and I'm I'm thankful that you know her and Angelica came by <laughs> and shared miss. their time with us. I agree. I think they. And it's a lot of conversations we should be having, right? Like, that's all I keep telling people with a lot of these. I don't know if you saw that um, article or that news story about the two Latino boys that wouldn't stop saying the N-word. Correct. Like, all that shit goes hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And I think, and even, like, um, Isabel Castro, our friend from San Antonio, Mm -hmm. that also did that little art piece and then eventually took it down because she um, learned different like perspective about using the n-word and all these things that ultimately have negative side effects right Mm -hmm. and so these conversations we need to be having within the latinx community that aren't happening enough because people just feel so connected to something that they can't evolve um at least that's kind of how i see it um but there's just again i kept when i listened to it i was like we kept saying layers and depth and i'm like because it's yeah. very much that because i think that's what the the takeaway should be for people that either are ignorant which is okay ignorant on some of the things that are changing or don't really want to confront these types of conversations it's like we're not like it's the important part is that the discussion happens right it's not to say that you're wrong i'm right or that we figure out what the correct way to do something is things are always changing and people are always evolving so it's just important to try to have these discussions in a way where we build something and move forward and not stay in these cycles that ultimately you know end up transferring whatever like handicaps or chains or like you know boxes that we put ourselves in that keep us from actually being happy or or being free to do what we really want to do right so i also want because there's been so many of these things um, in general, I think we briefly touched on it last episode as well. Oh, God. It scared me. <laughs> no. All right. The whole episode is just a bunch of dings of me, like, shouting exclamations. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't one. Um, you were, like, thinking about it, hoping for it. No. <laughs> okay. Um, this episode's great. Um, uh, September 20th, um, another unfortunate, uh, attack on a trans woman of color happened here in Dallas. And so, um, I just wanted to put the GoFundMe out there, um, cause she has a lot of, um, obviously finances she's going to have to cover with the medical expenses and everything like that. Um, so we're sending our love and power to Daniela Calderon and Stacy Renee Monroe, who's helping organize um, for this, there's a GoFundMe and we can put the link in our work and we'll be sharing that out. It's a $10,000 goal and they're currently at $2,000. Um, so I wanted to put that into your realm. Um, every little dollar counts for helping with these, um, different organizations and people that need money as well as the rebirth house. Um, shout out to Nisi, um, for all these different terrible circumstances that keep happening in Dallas, um, with that said, we did get the verdict of the Botham uh, Jean case. And um, yeah, 
there there was a lot of emotions around that. Um, and we probably won't go too in-depth because I do want to get into the episode uh, that is kind of long itself. But I didn't want to... God, Jesus. I didn't... Thank you for always keeping it light. Um, no, that's not... <laughs> One day we're going to record ourselves recording so y'all can see the faces that are made in these moments. Um, but, uh, Rafa, do you want to, do you want to start this off for me? Sure. Um, last time we talked about it, we were on day two of the case. Right. And there wasn't much happening. There was stuff happening, but we didn't know where it was going to go still. Um, and then... Everyone got really, really excited for a minute because the he jury found her guilty. Jury found murder. her guilty of murder, and then within the following, like what, twenty-four hours? Not even over the weekend, and then I think, uh, like what, a day or two afterwards, uh, she was given ten years in prison. Mm-hmm. And. Um, they were hoping for 26 or 28, I believe, to represent the number of years he was alive. Um, so it felt like a slap in the face because we all know that if it was the other way around, it would not look like that. Um, so there was a lot of like heartbreak surrounding that because, again, this was an innocent man that was in his home eating ice cream and he was murdered for simply existing and being black and then being seen as a threat um, by a white cop. Um, and obviously the layers surrounding it made it a lot more difficult to process with how beautiful of a human being he was. Um, and then throughout the case, we also, spoiler alert, learned she was super fucking racist um which a lot of people and just the way they spin this shit also always blows my mind with these cases and it does become very like chicago puppet scene where they're like fully it's it's like a play like you're just acting you know like and you have to have the right evidence and this and that and so on the last day they ended up bringing in like some woman i didn't watch the i didn't watch it did you watch that last day no um i heard about it and i was stressed out because i had people messaging me like she has latinx friends on the stand da, 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 da. and i was like oh my god like what do y'all want me to do the fuck like <laughs> i talk about this shit every fucking episode and i do my best in the streets and supporting what i can but like this is bigger than just our movement you know what i mean like there's so many moving parts to this um and I don't know, I guess there was another woman that testified that she like helped her get off crack. Like there was all, they did everything to save her from these racist ass texts she had been sending, basically proving who she was. Um, and then eventually only getting 10 years. And then that became fucking weird. And the whole story flipped even more because then his brother came in and hugged her and essentially forgave her. And then the fucking judge tammy kemp came in and gave her a bible and a hug and read her a scripture <sighs> it's just a lot it was a lot of things and so um once the internet was like blowing up and i start seeing like all the people i follow from like 
the east and the west coast saying all this shit and they're all talking about something that's literally happening down the street from your house like it was too much and i had to like get off the internet for a couple days because i was like i can't handle this right now um yeah i don't know you're you're very quiet (laughs) i mean it's it's i think the everything surrounding the case made a whole lot of noise uh and it's just important to you know understand like what's really going on and you know taking all of the things into consideration as best as you can um but yeah i mean this case made international news absolutely uh People, you know, parts of the community are still upset. There's still protests happening. Uh, People are being arrested. Which I'm having a hard time with. There's just so many moving parts. So, like, one of the people that keeps leading protests um, was outed as an abuser a couple weeks ago. And so, or months ago. And I just, like, I can't get behind that. Mm -hmm. I can't get behind someone who's leading in that way or leading his crew to danger essentially because as an activist or an organizer or a leader you're not supposed to just bring them um to where they can also be harmed and so that was just really um difficult to watch as well because i felt helpless like i didn't know what to do and then like for a minute i was like reaching out to some people like can we make a mural can we do this can we do that and it was just like i don't know what to do right now because I'm al- I was already burnt out even before this case. And mm-hmm. so, like, this is just more. And so then the, that whole Christianity component was really hard for me to process because I'm like, damn, colonization's a hell of a drug. And um, the Southern way is also, you know, some other component within the Bible and this and that. And, like, obviously forg- forgiveness is for one's own. But I think in this case, like, people are allowed to be angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other component that was also kind of difficult to process is like you know I'm still like figuring out my process and we talked about it last episode as well um but a lot of people believe prisons should be abolished right and like shouldn't exist and so um in the case in this case like it's like a weird um like line to be on because it's like fuck that bitch but also um 10 years isn't enough, right? Mm-hmm. Because when we see other people in the prison system for fucking some weed, they get 15, 20, 25 years, right? And so that's the really hard thing to process is like, you know, that woman deserves more time, but also is prison actually solving anything, right? Yeah. And so there's just so much there. And this is not the case that we can even solve that on and and have those issues discussed in depth because there's so many layers surrounding this already and it was just I felt so conflicted by it but at the same time I was like fuck that um because shit my cousin's got more time than that for for something and I even saw some people saying like Tay K got way more time than that you know and so like shit like that I'm like of course he did y'all like these are people of color versus a white woman who used her white tears at the right time. Like, and she brought in her friends at the right time, her black friend, her Latina friend and the Dallas way still supports cops above everything. Apparently Tammy Kemp was also like endorsed by the DPA which is the Dallas police association and like Mike Mata, which runs that who told them to turn off the cameras in the car. They're calling for him to resign and Rivera because they were both involved in this as well. 
it's just a lot happening and the Dallas way is not there yet. And like part of me did want rioting in the streets, but also like it's just it's such a frustrating thing to see over and over and over and over and over again in Dallas when nothing but bad shit is happening here. And then we're out here telling people like Dallas is great. We love it. Look at all this amazing shit. When it's like, we're literally in survival mode nonstop. So like, I don't like right now I'm just like, I need to, that's why I'm taking this little trip so I can get refreshed. Cause there's so much fucking work to be done here. And I don't know what else to say at the moment besides like take care of yourself and we got work to do. And I don't know how you feel because you've been in the game longer than me. So <laughs> on some lighter news. <laughs> um. <laughs> What's the lighter news? Give it to us. Is there lighter news? No, but I didn't want to ignore that because this whole yeah. episode is a lot lighter. It's really we have some great discussions around, again, fatness and media and stuff like that. Um but I didn't want to ignore this because this is such a big issue and it's happening right here. And um, it would have been like two, three weeks before we got another episode where we could really unpack it. So I just wanted to, um, I guess, hope for the best and remember Botham's legacy. Because um, I don't know about you, like whenever his sister was talking about how he used to be with his nephews, like everything was just fucking me up. So I had to be very mindful about like, what I was watching. Um, yeah, it's just a lot. It's super heavy. It's a, it's a dark time here in Dallas for sure. And I don't know what else to say. Um, besides that, that doesn't mean that we don't have a lot of brilliant things also happening and a lot of brilliant people here that are doing amazing work, which is why I say to support things like Rebirth House and even this GoFundMe and um, these different organizations and coalitions that are putting on for um POC predominantly so yeah that is my uh rough news yeah <laughs> um with that said we can now actually go to updates on events which is lighter news yeah. um the first one I'll start with before I throw it to Rafa is that our gray space identity show is being postponed Boo. That would have been a sound effect time. Would it? Boo? Yeah. I it gives so. artists more time to... It does. Tell us why, Rafa. The Oak Cliff Cultural Center is going It's through... broken. No, just kidding. I'm broken. Same. Retweet. We're going through some, um, some building maintenance issues right now, and uh, the space is not welcoming. It is. Uh, it, it turned its back on me. Yeah. No, it's... it's uh, you know, we, we've seen some building issues in the past, and we just want to make sure that uh, that the building is actually safe to use. Um, so in that regard, we need to, you know, handle some things on the maintenance end before we actually host events. So gray space isn't the only thing that we've had to either postpone or cancel. We feel terrible because we work with a lot of groups and a lot of really talented people, and um, unfortunately because of the things that are out of our control, we've had to kind of rearrange some things and move some stuff around. Um, big shout out to the OC3 team, G Money Stacks, and our new coordinator, which I don't think I've ever mentioned her on the podcast, Monica Luna. Woo. Woo. Uh, 
His actual government <laughs> name is G Money Stacks. G Money Stacks, yeah. Just so y'all know. Um, I and I'm also like emphasizing their names because they're here. They're we're currently here. next to we're us. We're recording on a Saturday morning and in eating the grapes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but they've been really kick ass and handling like all of these things that are being thrown our way. It's, Literally thrown at the yeah, last second because we figured that out like right after we had sent the email that yeah. it was happening. Monica was having a meeting with someone that was trying to use the space and they're looking into the studio so that the lady can get a good idea of how they're going to use it. A guy's working on the floor and then all of a sudden one of the huge windows no. just shatters. Yeah. I didn't she, know that. No, yeah. She turns around. She's like, did you see that? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And she points and the whole window is like shattered. Um, so, yeah, that's the kind of stuff that we've been dealing with. Um, and so needless to say, we weren't able to schedule that artist's um, space inquiry. But, um, yeah, no, we, we, we've been trying to do the best that we can that we can. And so we have been able to, you know, work with the majority of things that we have. But with that being said, um, Gray Space is looking like it'll probably be another three to four weeks or so. Um, we can, we're looking, should we say the date we're looking at? Um, I think, yeah, I think we're looking at the second weekend in November, November, November 8th. 8th of Friday. I'm looking at uh, G right now. Uh-oh. Um, I did talk to Monica. Monica we looked at looked, your calendar. <laughs> we did. We had some stuff scheduled, but we ended up moving it around, but it, it does look like November 8th will probably be the date. Um, once we get that fully confirmed, we'll we'll publish it and of put the course. flyer out and all that stuff. So thank you for bearing with us. We obviously did not. This is definitely the most complicated it's been in that process. Yeah. Um, so shout out to Ari, our curator. Come on, let's say coordinator. Curator who's also been communicating with all our awesome artists. We got a lot of amazing work. We're very excited to display it. But unfortunately, some things are not under our control and we wanted to make it as smooth a process for everyone involved. Um, so look forward to that show on November 8th. Um, there is also some other events and things happening, which are really exciting. I know that... Um, Rafael is currently in a show. Yes. And I saw it yesterday. Yes. And you acted. Yes. Well. Oh. And then I was happy that your role was done because I was scared. Yeah, it was funny. I walked up to you and Ari and Ari was like, no, Rafa, stop. Yeah, I was like, hug me. I'm sad. (laughs) I was like, be nice again. Um, That was really mean. Good. You're supposed to be. That means it's a good challenge for you as an actor. Um, when are the dates? Tell us more about it. I don't know these things. So, <laughs> we're, you were just like sitting there, and I'm like, I don't know yeah. what to say next. Um, so Generations of Adam, presented by Art Stillery, is running through November 16th. There will be shows every Friday and Saturday. All shows are at 8 p.m. They're at 723 Fort Worth Avenue. Um, it's like right across from Bergesa Burger. Yeah, if that means seven thirty. Um, you can find general admission tickets at artstillery.org. Um, La Bajada residents, seniors, and students um, get over half off. Um, also, anyone that wants to see the show um, should not. So it, we're making it very clear that if you don't have money to go pay for a ticket or to go see the show. Because it's $25. Because it's $25, you can still go see the show. Um, 
Generations of Adam deals with a lot of like sexual abuse, trauma. It's um, super triggering. Yeah, it's triggering, but we do want to provide resources in terms of healing and confronting that. Um, and with that being said, one of the things about shows like this in a place like West Dallas, um, we want to make sure that it's accessible. So not only is Art Stillery doing their part to make sure that anyone who cannot pay for a ticket can still go see the show. Um, Oak Cliff Cultural Center is also working with Art Stillery to make sure that that happens as well. So um, if you're interested in seeing the show and you and you don't have the money to pay for a ticket, holler at me here at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center um, and we can make sure that you can go see that. But the show does run through November 16th, every Friday and Saturday. We have two industry night performances, which will be November 11th and November 12th. I'm sorry, November 11th and November 13th which are a Monday and a Wednesday. Um, all shows are at 8 p.m. Again, 723 Fort Worth Avenue, West Dallas area, Sylvan 30. Um, so, yeah, if you have any questions, holler. Holler. Holler at your boy. Are you making fun of me? No. Stop making fun of me. Why would that be making fun of you? You mean a bully. Un bully? Yeah. What about a bullies like those bullies. yummy ice creams? <laughs> I used to love those. It is in bullies. Anti-bullies campaign. <laughs> this is an anti-bullies campaign. No, anti-bullies because I like bullies. We are okay. not anti-bullies. We're, We're anti-bullies. Right, right, yeah. Um. All right. I think that's all the updates we have for you all right now. I definitely want to jump into this CYC episode. Um. I encourage you all to do some self-care, especially here in Dallas. Because I know everybody's feeling all the weight on them. Um, so give yourself time away from social media. Jump into your book. Do whatever you got to do. Rafa, you have any self-care? Go eat a bully and don't be a bully. Okay. Go eat a bully and don't be a bully. Our new campaign. <laughs> um, with that said, I think we can go ahead and jump into the... CYC episode Too Fat, Too Brave. Enjoy. Thank you for supporting the Colores Radio, and we will see you soon. Bye bye. You're listening to the Colores Radio. Welcome to Cabronas y Chingonas, a podcast where we talk about queer and Latinx topics, such as. Is Missy Elliott gay? She's definitely fucking queer. I knew it. <laughs> but really, we bisexual we, at the very least because we've never seen. She's never addressed it. I mean, I always thought it, but you can't just assume things. But she has denied it with certain people. So, but those suits, the fucking suits. But she also be talking about shave my cha cha for him. There's we got options. Mm-hmm. Throw those legs back. <laughs> throw it back. Hey, throw it back. What's up, cabronas? What's, What's poppin', poppin chingona? Oh, uh, I'm just here in the presence of my favorite people in the podcasting uh, world. That's, you know, I don't care who I'm offending with that. I, It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm super stoked to have you guys back for So Fat, So Brave Part 2. Uh, if you haven't listened to the first one, you should. But I think it's okay if you just listen to this one first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm here with Fabi from Latinos Who Lunch, who everybody knows, and Eva Aregin from The Colorist Radio, who most of you know, too, I'm pretty sure. Don't you better know me. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Hi. Sorry, that was violent. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, oh, my God. 
so I think like five seconds after we released So Fat So Brave Part One, we were immediately like, "Damn, we already need a part two because like yeah. five hundred things came out immediately," mm-hmm. and so that's why we're here. It's like we manifested it. Yeah. We were like, we need more fat representation, and it came. Yeah. So yeah. for the people a little that... bit in a lot of white ways, in my opinion. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I think we predicted that and too. I oop. And I, <laughs> and I oop. oop. <laughs> Anyways, go on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so we're going to talk about some stuff. Some of it actually did, ex- that we're going to talk about today, did exist prior. At least one of the pieces existed prior, but most of them didn't. So we're going to get into some fat representation today. And we also have listener questions from the interwebs mm-hmm. that we're going to get into. So if you send us something on Instagram, look forward to that. Oh, I miss doing this. <laughs> Start crying. We were on a break. We were on a break. <laughs> You know how fucked up? Can we talk about that show real quick? Fritz? Yeah. How fucked up that show was? Um, the whole, the the whole Monica. Suit. The yes, whole Monica storyline. The whole bit. Is wild. The whole thing. Yeah. Oh my God. Damn. Like Dude. That show's really sick. Now. I would say most shows are kind of sick in that way in regards to fatness. And I know we talked about that a little bit last episode. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like almost every show will touch on fatness or make a. Like fatness is the butt of the joke. Yeah. So yes. maybe if you are a healthy person in a healthy relationship. Uh, it's probably because you never watched Friends, so congrats to you. <laughs> so for those people, damn it, I watched Friends. Monica, she's probably she's basically the main character of the show. You think so? Yeah, I mean it's her apartment that they all she's congregate them, around. Yeah. She's like the Rock, I think. I feel that's interesting. I've never seen it. Think that about way. it. She's I always the one thought that of has it. a job. She has an apartment. And she's the stable one. She's the most stable, even though she's not technically the star. with somebody. But she's until also like the end. a control freak. She's also like she's like the mom. Yeah, she is. It's like you only like her sometimes. Courtney Cox, Cox plays her, and she was fat. That's her whole was, when she was younger. Thing, yeah, yeah. When she was there's in high a school. difference. The fat suit of the '90s and, and that, early 2000s and that's that it. was that's very the popular. Gag. Yeah, absolutely. And she used to dance and eat. Mm-hmm. That was mm-hmm. you remember, and it had the big old double chin. God. And that was our fat representation. You know that actually brings up another conversation because like when. You know, Monica ends up with Chandler. Spoiler alert. But, <gasps> oh my god. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when they show like flashbacks to Chandler being like not even remotely interested in her. So to me, like that's a thought that I constantly have mm-hmm. of like, mm-hmm. if I were skinny, you know, will these people like these people would treat me to her? Are you ready for my drop? No, <laughs> <laughs> and I also like, yeah, it's just think generally back to like um We're in a dungeon. Yeah, sorry about that. And I think back to, like, people that showed interest in the past that now are like, yeah, right. You know, that type of mm. shit. I don't know. Oh, I that's been my entire life. Literally, if I, like, lose 10 pounds, all these <laughs> creepers come out. Isn't that crazy? Oh, just over, like, yeah. You know what's weird for me, though, is that, like, I've always had that mindset of, like, if I was thinner, they would like me. But even when I was, like, 100 pounds lighter... They didn't approach me either, so I actually don't know what is wrong mm. with me. Oh. And by that, <laughs> something wrong. With you. I know, I know, nothing's wrong with me. But it's like I have thought that for a long time, yeah. and then recently I've had a resurgence, kind of like like hot people hit on me, and I'm like, are you okay? <laughs> so it's really weird because I definitely think like if I was 150, like what would my inbox look like? Right. I mostly mm. think about like if I were in that situation. Of, like, I grew up with this person or whatever. They were never interested. And then, like, years later, the tables turn and I'm the hot one. And then they're the loser Chandler, dude. Mm -hmm. Then, like, 
would I still want to go through with that? Because I know, I know what that you saw me this way. I know that their opinion of me when I was, when I had more fat on my body was this, like, how, you know, I feel like I'd be really conflicted about that. I feel like I'd like be really sus about anyone that was interested in me. I think, Absolutely. I what kind of paranoia would come with that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, and that's where like, when I talk about it with my friends, I'm like, it's kind of nice. Cause I get to weed out like the motherfuckers right at the beginning. Right. Like, if you're not into me, then you're not into me. But if you are into me for me and not just like either a fetish or like your idea of me or whatever else, like that kind of helps to some degree. Um, but I think I, I, I probably should have listened to our other episodes. So I'm not <laughs> repeating the same things. Um, but as soon as like I'll have people into me and as soon as I reject them in any kind of way, oh, their God. form of insult is always attacking my fatness. And I'm like, bruh. Yeah, we, we definitely discussed it, but it's yeah. worth re-mentioning it. Because it happens so often, right? Because that's still where people feel the need to jab. Like that's still, fatness is always still the butt of the joke it's or a big, the attack. It's a big thing about, I think that's a big thing amongst men though. I feel like, I mean, I, I might be wrong, but women don't do that. Not like, in regards... Well, kind of. They'd be like, oh, you fat bitch, but I don't really fight with women. I <laughs> no, with I women. mean, like, in a romantic way. Like, if I were... Like, if if I reject a woman or, I, like, I don't know, maybe if you rejected a woman, do you think that they would respond in that kind of a violent way? I mean, if they were super fat phobic, maybe. Yeah. That's interesting. And they, like, equated me to my fatness, which is something I think... I don't remember who was discussing it recently on Twitter, but they were saying, like... Maybe it was Jessica Salgado that said, like, I can see how you see me with how you react to me later on. Um, especially without the clout, quote unquote. Like, if you're not popular for this reason, how would people see you in reference to your actual image? Mm. 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 Interesting. You touched on a lot of great points there. And I think that the main one for when it comes to media representation is, like, the fat person is always the butt of the joke. Like, always the clown. Like Monica and friends, it was always like she was eating a piece of chicken in a fat suit. Like, oh, nobody like. And she even her voice was like, mm-hmm. wah, wah, wah. like, and you just you see that repeated over and over. I mean, on the last season of fucking Insecure, when they went to Coachella mm. and the fat girl got tased and peed Kelly. herself. Yeah, it's like, like why did why was that? Why did it have to be the big girl? Why did the why did yeah why did it have to be the big girl? Because. Mm-hmm. Fat people don't have feelings. Fat people, you know, fat people can be the butt of the jokes because they're used to... They're because used their to bodies having, are a joke. Yeah, their bodies are a joke and they're used to being the funny one. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, do better, like Issa Rae. So, like, when you say, do women do that to each other? Yeah, they do, you know? Yeah. And that's case in point right there. And that's, that's maybe not realizing it as much directly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is like a... Yeah, this is like a maybe almost an unconscious thing yeah whereas like men do it very directly and very like i'd feel like violently absolutely Mm. which if i can transition i think this might be a good one to transition to both shrill and i believe you said american housewife Mm -hmm. both have like besties that are fat women as well Mm -hmm. and they're also like the butt of the jokes kind of well, I know for Shrill, mm-hmm. the bestie, which Shrill came out right after we recorded right our, after our, our five, five seconds record. later. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to open up, up that conversation, yeah. yeah. So Shrill is a Hulu original with AD Bryant, who has been on SNL for a long time, and I mean it's a comedy, so like everyone's the butt of the joke on that. You can't really put it on, on that uh, when it comes to SNL. But she got her own show, and it's basically about like this white woman who has a lot of fucked up trouble with like love 
and yeah her best friend is like a queer black woman who's also fat and isn't so upset about being fat right she's owned it more than our main character exactly and it's kind of encouraging her to like love herself my original reaction to shrill i hated it i hated the first couple of episodes when she's just like being treated like trash like by this dude and i guess it was because like for me like i don't have that experience right like i i don't let that happen i would just i would just leave so you hated it because of how she's being treated not because of how the show was written right no no yeah i just hated seeing like some like trash ass dude treating her like trash i'm like he's trash to begin with and that but then like i didn't like it literally until it got to an episode that was focused on like finally focusing on body positivity mm-hmm. and there's this whole pool scene and like everybody talks about the fucking pool scene it's yeah because there's, there's queer people there's people of color yeah. and there's like uh they're swimming and they're proud and she's like experiencing it for the first time i, I thought it was a great scene mm-hmm. oh absolutely it's beautiful it was and that was the first probably the first around that episode that i started actually liking the show because i was just like I, I don't know it's also like i don't like watching the hetero stuff that much but like that right there was like adding like the heteroness and the whiteness oh, yeah. and like the it was like the whitest most hetero it was super white super hetero like, and it was like super uh anti-women kind mm-hmm. of and i get like so why they did it can i as a person who dates hetero men um <laughs> i know i'll accept your apology can't really go on or i apologize for dating them i Unrelatable guess i don't content. fucking know <laughs> anyways but for me when i first saw that episode i was floored because mm-hmm. that was fucking relatable yeah <gasps> absolutely even if i You've am been this, treated that way not i'm not as stupid as her i definitely <laughs> love myself more than she, she does put up with a lot and i and i wouldn't be jumping the fence you you got me fucked up i right, won't right. do it because that still becomes white shit right like i'm not gonna let myself stoop to that level but to pretend as though men don't try to treat me that way mm. i would be lying because they do and they kind of just want to use you up until you decide to fucking stop and then they decide they want to come back which is literally what happens in the show but like she didn't love herself at all so she was accepting everything for me it's like i've seen it and they've tried it and i go haha bitch you thought (laughs) but absolutely that is familiar because it becomes this thing of like as a fat woman a lot of times i'm like am i do you want to get to know me or are you just trying to fuck me? And that's what that whole beginning bit is. And so that for me, I was like, okay, wow. I feel this. I didn't, I mean, it's not something I'm like proud of, but it's like, I'm, it's very relatable, like definitely relatable. Yeah. So shrill for people that haven't watched it is about A.D. Bryant's character. She's a writer for like a weekly magazine. Mm -hmm. I think it's based on the stranger in, um, in Oregon or something, or okay. Seattle. Mm. Ah. I think I think the her boss is uh, based on the guy that does Savage Love. What's his name? Uh, Dan White guy. Oh fuck! What's his name? <laughs> Dan Rather. No. <laughs> oh my god! I used to listen to his podcast religiously. He has a sex podcast. Savage Dan Savage. Oh, Dan Savage. <laughs> Savage Love. Wow. <laughs> Basic. And I didn't like him. And you know what? 
And one of the reasons that I stopped listening to Dan Savage was because he's so fucking fat phobic. Mm. In his podcast, he would always be like, well, if you're fat, that's a choice. You can change it. Ooh. Like, you know what I mean? And, that's so fucking... Ugh. And so the show really made the boss like an asshole. And I think it was just like, oh, that's who Joe Kim Booster is. He's the boyfriend, the Asian boyfriend in Trill. That's Joe Kim Booster. The Asian guy that has photographs. He's an artist. You don't remember? Uh, I don't, anyway. I don't I remember this either. I watched a long time ago. Oh, okay, I watched it when okay. it came out, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Same, but I'll never forget that, that scene. <laughs> Sorry. Joe Kim Boozer is fine. So anyway, this, so this show is like her kind of like owning her. Reclaiming herself. Reclaiming herself. And I think we're barely, at the, at the very end, like she's finally like starting to love herself, you know? And even though this show is great for fat representation, I did see a lot of problems with it. I don't know if, if it was because it was so white. There was a lot of problems, I think, within the show regarding race as far as her best friend being this black British lady, you know? Queer black British queer. Lady. She was a queer black British lady who was, I don't, I don't think, I think she was undocumented. They like hit all the marks yeah. with her. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, can we just cover these four bases mm-hmm. yeah. with this one character? That's what I a do, lot of I these do shows like and movies the, do. Like what we got from that character, I like her. Mm-hmm. But She's she a was, great character. She was, she was, she didn't get her really her own plot. It was just kind of like things happening in the There background. was no developing. But what I didn't development. like, I didn't like that she was kind of just a, unfortunately, kind of just like a prop. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, we didn't really learn anything about her. To me, she was that comic relief, which yeah. is kind of why I guess I said the butter and to I'm the like, joke thing. Damn, it was so good. Like, a lot of the <laughs> things that were in that in that show were so good, and they could have given that character more agency or just a little bit more of a voice or even a B storyline. Like, all we got was, like, these little vignettes in the apartment. She was 80. never there by herself. Uh-huh. And right. she was so interesting. Like, she had a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. She cut hair. Like, there were so many things they could have... She could have her own damn show. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what I mean? The, the girl who ends up being her girlfriend or whatever, or, like, mm-hmm. the girl After she the dates. Party. Yeah. She was supposed to... Or she did star in the this remake. Oh, my God. What is it fucking called? It was, like, a remake of a show, but it had, like, some sensitive material within it, so it never aired. Now she was this basically she looks familiar. She was basically the star of it. And she's like, you know, she's a big girl. Mm-hmm. And in that show, I'm going to find out what the show is because this is going to be like yeah. bothering you. The Heathers. OK, so they remade oh. they remade Heathers and it was starring like a big girl and then like a gay guy and then like a third oh. person. The, the preview came out for that. Yeah, I it was it, it was going to come out and everything. And then but, it looked kind of weird to me. It was. And when then, did it come out? Because it had some sensitive material about a shooting, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but I'm not 100%. But the point is that it they released... I think they released all the episodes or something, but it never... It didn't even go to officially air. But I watched some of it. And, like, the big part of the plot with with her, with the, with the fat character or whatever, is that she is trying as much as she can to be, like, the woke, like, niche person. So she pretends to be a lesbian. So like that's a whole thing what? where people she gets found out for not actually being a lesbian. Mm. So that's a little side fun fact mm-hmm. of how problematic that would have been had, had it actually aired. It was pretty bad. So then when I saw her on there, like being a decent character was refreshing, I guess. Right. For sure. Yeah. And I guess that made me think of the show special 
which um, has also been acclaimed for representation when it comes to queer, queer disabled a people. queer disabled mm-hmm. person. And then his friend is also a person of color on the show, his best friend. Actually, very similar story. He gets hired to write for this, like, <laughs> it's called Eggwoke. He's, an, he's an intern. He's an them, intern right? at this, like, internet... Website uh, like thing. Like, opinion article website, whatever. So... Uh, he's best friends with this woman, Kim, who appears to be Middle Eastern, uh, Indian, I believe. And she, I guess that's like South Asian, right? Yeah, South Asian. Yeah, not the Middle proper Eastern. Southeast Asian. But she actually has a storylines in the show. That's um, good. Which I really appreciated. And, um, and those are small episodes. So that's really something that like, writers can do because yeah. <laughs> it was what 12 13 minute episodes you said mm-hmm. so if writer writer rooms want to develop these characters they can yeah they can choose to develop and make these people have a personality but they don't they also didn't have to stuff 500 identities into her right it's like she's a woman she's fat and she's i guess indian and but that's not but that's not her person. That's not why. Right. Okay. Then there yeah, you go. Yeah, like, right. whereas with the with the character in Shrill, it was like that's it. Like every conversation where you learn something about her is just like a new identity. And I also wonder if they made her British to make her safer mm. for white people, like more because, palatable, or yeah. to get it away from the race discussion yes. too. Oh, it's, she's British. Like, you know, anytime a black person has a British accent, they're looked at, you know, a little bit higher in, in stature or in class or whatever because they have an accent so stupid but that's how that's how we are as a society but yeah i think within special i know you showed us a small clip of that Mm -hmm. and i'm not here to just like validate each one of these but like the first thing i said was like oh yay she has big titties like (laughs) because for me like when i see these big bodies i'm like i don't know how y'all feel but i'm very excited anytime i see like a role that looks like mine or like something because there's still this very like Again, a palatable fatness. Like, you have to be fat in the right places. Ashley Graham, like, everybody's like... Even whenever I talk about, like, loving my body, people are like, yeah, Ashley Graham. And I'm like, guys, like, uh, no. She is a size 12. Like, she's barely plus size now. So ha- you have to be fat in the right places. You gotta be fat in the ass. You gotta... You know what I mean? And so... You gotta be hourglass. Exactly. And so, to me, like... And obviously, we can go beyond that. But I appreciated... And I'm not sure what her name is um, in special. Kim, she's how you said? The character Kim's body. Um, And then as we move down the list of some more of the um, people within... Well, I want to talk about that a little bit. Especially when it comes to like the gay community. Like, There's all these subsets, right? Categories. And, you know, Bear is one of them. Chubb, I guess. And so I would be considered... I'm not furry like i'm not i don't have a lot of body hair because of my indigenous blood <laughs> <laughs> sorry because i'm not laughing uh, <laughs> you're so spicy uh, oh my god um but <laughs> i don't really fit into categories like that and like you know you go to all these like parties in la or whatever and everybody's naked and it's like fat guys you know in speedos but they're not like, I don't really see stretch marks, mm. you know what I mean? Or they're, like, covered in body hair in the right places, and they're kind of, like, muscle bare. You know what I mean? Like, right. You still have to have that specific... There's levels, and I'm like, well, what if you're, like, half Mexican, half Guatemalan, and look like a raw chicken when you're naked? 
<laughs> like, oh where's God. that? I fucking love chicken. Hey, me too, bitch. <laughs> I love me. So it's like, where, where's I've I've never seen that. We want to explore on, beyond that on television at mm-hmm. a pool party. You know, like yeah, there was a lot of fat women in that shrill episode, and even in this episode, there's a pool party even in special. With all these, actually, that's that that's part of the episode and special because there's all these hot gay guys everywhere, but it's it's still. You thought there were like there's still a lot of work to do, you know, like when it comes to that. They were all like very femme. Too. Yes, like I could never, like I never see myself Definitely within that femme. space. Like if I wasn't like if I was finally at some point comfortable enough to be like in a bathing suit amongst all these shorts. Yeah, I would like yeah. I would still not be mm. like that fem- had that feminine energy like i wouldn't have that i wouldn't have a full face of makeup like i wouldn't have all these things and sure. probably that would turn me away from it too like mm-hmm. hyper femininity like you ha- like i don't know all, a, a lot of the icons that have been popping up like lizzo or mm-hmm. like um even i don't know wh- whoever else like they're usually very feminine and that's a yeah. part of like the movement because it's like people think that you can't be feminine when you're um fat like which is well because a lot of people equate femininity to beauty right Right. so that's really what it becomes is like this hyper femininity so that they can be seen as beautiful Uh, right again i i think i i I feel like i'm talking about myself a lot i'm not trying to but it is about fatness and so whatever i think i think it's fine but um i know for a fact if i don't have makeup on i get treated completely different than when i do same Yeah, <laughs> raw chicken galore, glam. <laughs> oh my god, el pollo loco. <laughs> yeah, you get treated different. <laughs> I mean, we walked into that burger spot today, and the lady was like, "I love your eyebrows." <laughs> Stop, she I'm was still in thinking love with about you. the chicken. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, but yes, it's very true because when I'm not wearing, and, and I and I honestly like to play, and I want to play more with with that. I don't. I I used to hate being feminine. I, wa- I wore basketball shorts and black shirts and, and flip-flops. Like, I was very that. And then it was like my mom was encouraging femininity a lot more. I repulsed, I was, like, repulsed by it for a long time. And then I kind of reclaimed it more, I guess, in college and when I learned actual gender, like, discussions. But I think that is necessary, right? Especially in the queer community because it's like, we play with all this shit, so allow us to be that way. However, if it's created by A.D. Bryant and her mostly hetero, straight, white team, that's they're not going to think gonna, about that's it what they're gonna, Yeah, they're just going to turn that out. For it, sure. It was tough because, like, I don't know, especially being in the lesbian community, like, it becomes, sometimes I see it as kind of cliquish. Like, there's the white lesbians who are usually very skinny, very pretty, and only date each other. Mm. Like, they usually, like, date somebody that looks exactly like them. Yes. And then there's like the there's a lot of but there's a lot of butch women who are big and you don't get to see very much of that. You know what? I just thought about that. I'm like, there is somebody that represents me in my body type. It's butch lesbians. Fortune Feimster. Mm. Right? The comedian. That, the comedian. I yeah. love her. I saw her on and um, there's nobody Tales else. The City. There's not a lot of people like her. Mm-mm. That with her body on TV, and that are co- like com- seemingly confident. She with is it. so com like you know she's just so comfortable in her own skin. I mean th- that's her outward appearance. Who knows like yeah. in real life, but like I really look up to her for that reason. Yeah. There know? is another one who I I saw her in the, this movie called The Feels. 
I would argue she, I like her better a lot mm-hmm. more than Fortune. Okay. Uh, but she hasn't she hasn't blown up yet per se. Sorry, I just thought of um, more butt of jokes. The one that was in the movie with Gina Rodriguez and the curly hair, um, where she has the boyfriend and they break up. Oh, the one that's Lakeith. in everything now. Yes, she's on all these Netflix things. She's hilarious. She's amazing. But she's also kind of just your she's, comic relief. She's again. comic relief. Mm. She was also in Tales of the City. She mm-hmm. ended up with this old white guy. Yeah, sorry. I just thought of that and I was like, oh my god, that's literally what we are. Yeah, I feel like I mean they didn't really like talk about her fatness, but she was yeah she was a. Like, well, I mean, I wouldn't say she's the butt of the joke, but she's a comedic relief, yeah. But then that will take me back to like a lot of the fat people I know are actually fucking funny. So, like, part of me is it like, is that just humor's our coping mechanism with our trauma and that's what it is? Or is it that we are seen as it's maybe both? Are we seen as funny because society can't take us seriously because we're fat, which means we are less than? Or is it because. Or as a part of it, because literally most of us try to be funny because... Yeah, it's a coping mechanism. Because that's how we get people to like us. That's literally we, what That's I how did. we bait people. And yeah. That's how uh, skinny people uh, can, will finally acknowledge our humanity. Yes, that's how we're made valid. Like, if it wasn't for my humor, I would not be where I am right now. Dead yeah. Ass. I, very, I very recently have met some very boring skinny people mm-hmm. i'm obviously not gonna name any names but very, i am but you no just kidding. very boring skinny people recently and i just like recall like they, it kind of like triggered me to remember like yeah like i was making all these jokes and being like i was like on my like <laughs> fucking ass like working like, hard knock, to knock. make where's your trauma yeah no it was like <laughs> i was trying to be as funny as i fucking could and i reeled in a lot of people with that but had i been acting like this one skinny girl who was really boring, I wouldn't have gotten any attention. I wouldn't have, like, nobody would have invited me out. Nobody would, you know what I mean? Like, right. if I act like these skinny people, like, no, nothing's going to happen for me. I'm going to be like. That's how we value people. Like, what do you bring to me? Cre- yeah. And they bring the skinny, I bring the funny. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I find that I have to be nice more. I, I think that if I was thinner, because I know I'm attractive. Hello. But yes. if I Raw was. Raw chicken galore. <laughs> I find myself in situations where I have to be everybody's best friend mm. and then I get fed up and then it's an issue with my friendships because then when people like really get to know me, then like the dark side comes out. <laughs> you know I'm what sorry, I mean? I'm only laughing because hashtag relatable. Relatable, right? Yes. Dark side of the And chicken. I feel like we're pretty close and I feel like you maybe have seen that a little bit, but not as much. I really love you guys, so... I don't think I've really attacked you yet. No, please don't. <laughs> but it's I'm... coming, bitches. <laughs> no, I'm working on. I'm working on it. You know what I found out recently? This is like real talk, very vulnerable bullshit. But um, I was talking to my friend, and we were talking about therapy and how important it is, and that her therapist just told her that a lot of times when people grow up with a lot of trauma, they love the way that their parents love them. Girl. And so, for example, if you were in a very abusive uh, relationship, like with your family, like if you're... You're used if, to toxic love. Yeah. Like if you're used to toxic love, that's how you also express mm-hmm. love. And it was like, when she said that, that fucking hit me mm-hmm. like a ton of bricks. You need to read All About Love by Bell Hooks. Yes, I know. I have it in my Libby app. Hashtag, li- hashtag sponsor. So... <laughs> I, I, that was like really eye opening because that's something that I talk about with my friends a lot. My roommate, Crystal, who I've lived with for 
I've lived with her for over nine years now. Mm. And like three years into our friendship, we were really mean. I was really mean to her and we were really mean to each other. And it's because we grew up kind of the same with our parents, like being very stern and not nice to us. Because that was the way, you know, immigrant family, like there's no crying that's here. How they, that's how they deal with their depression. This is how we deal. We suppress everything. And we were doing that to each other because that's how we express love. Yeah. You know what I mean? And how you received it. Yeah. And so that's something that was learned. It's something that's I, I realized it was a learned behavior growing up. And and my mom also has weight issues. Yeah. You know, so like uh, she's an emotional eater. I'm an emotional eater. I'm happy I eat. I'm sad I eat. I'm mad I eat. You know what I mean? Just to cope, just to do something. You yeah. know what I mean? And so I've all of these things are realizations that I'm having right now that are like, it's almost like too much to deal with. Mm -hmm. But I'm realizing like um, I have a couple new friends that I'm getting close to right now and I'm stopping myself from making fun of them. Because it's so easy. Because people are so, people are fucking weak. So it's like it's <laughs> so easy. Can you just at me? Thank you. <laughs> no, no. Uh, it's so I I've noticed. I'm like, oh wait, it's because I'm comfortable. It's because I love them. And that's our culture. And you're I, right. I, I do it all the time. Right, I still I still do it. Instead of jabbing at them, I'm gonna I'm gonna actually say something nice. You know, and it's been like. It's a lot. It's hard. It's a lot. And it's a lot of trauma that we've been carrying around yeah. for so long that we don't want to deal with because it's so much fucking work. Just like just like having to be the fucking funny one, having to be everybody's best friend at a museum event. So it's like, come on, like, can I just be a person, you know? Mm. Like, why do I have to be nice to everybody? I just want to exist how I am in that moment. Yes. Um, but what, what started me on that rant? <laughs> Feelings. Oh no, talking about being being the funny person. Yeah. You know? Because you can't you can't be a mean fat person. Mm. Look at look what happened to Roseanne. Even she... though that's kind of what they tried to make that girl on Shrillby is a mean fat person. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah, and I mean I think again I'm gonna keep Roseanne going down our example. list that makes us become the villain or the bully in a lot of scenarios. In a lot of movies, yeah. Matilda included. Harry Potter <laughs> even Harry Potter, like yeah. uh, his trench bowl. Exactly. My queen icon. <laughs> yeah, oh my God. but really think about it. Like that's what we become. We're either yeah. the funny, like Small bit. It's like we, we can't control. Or we're the villain. Yeah. We're Ursula, which is a popular discussion right now because of the Little Mermaid casting and all that. But it's like we're literally either the monster villain because we're fat and mean or we're the funny, silly one that you only like because we are funny to you. It uh, it sucks a lot to... Because back then, you I wouldn't even think about it. I would see these movies and I'm like, yeah, that fat person's a horrible fucking person. Mm -hmm. And then like now you look back, I look back at it and I'm like, yo, look, look back, back at, at it. it. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, throw it back. Hey. Throw it back. <laughs> and it's it's kinda like depressing. Yeah, it's an ingrained message you didn't even like process. Yeah, it's it's really, really fucked up. Yeah, so many poor unfortunate souls. <laughs> God, hey. Back. hey. Call back. Yeah, so Ursula and the New Little Mermaid movie is going to be played by Melissa the one and only McCarthy. Melissa McCarthy. Thank God. Who lost a shit ton of weight. Who and you know what? I was like, I was kind of upset because I want. I, I always thought that she, sh Ursula, should be a, a person of queen. color or a drag queen, right? You a know, drag queen or somebody queer or a queer woman. 
But I kind of fuck with Melissa McCarthy. I'm not mad at her. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, whatever. whatever it just felt out of place because everybody it was, was excited. Lizzo had a whole campaign to try to be oh in my it. Yeah. Um, Queen Latifah's going to play her in a, the live, in a play, right? Yeah, like the musical anime, version on. Yeah, animated, what do they call uh, it? Uh, live. Whatever the fuck. Live stage. Yeah. Which version. that feels like great casting. That feels like, okay, I like this. But the conversation was kind of turned around once they cast a black. Uh, back bre- mermaid a- Ariel, yes. So Make because Ariel fat, that would be really fucking. That'd cool. be great. Yeah. Yes, I know where you're going. Go there. Yeah. Take the it tweet. There. The tweet where they're like, you know, a white woman taking away a black woman's voice makes kind a of... lot more sense. Yeah, exactly. And when they said that, I said, "You, that is correct." Mm-hmm. They, so wait, little... say that again. A, a, a white woman. A white woman taking away a black woman's voice. Oh, that's, that's what Ursula be good. does. So it's like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Oh yeah, and she's like, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. So just... in that case, I think it'd be like, I, I just look don't at see... it that way, folks. <laughs> like Lizzo would not do, do that. that. To no, absolutely not. Yeah. And um, I have an, another really important question: Will the priest have a boner in this one? What the, the priest has a boner. You've never rewound it. And no. You remember the Pasta. original cover of The Little Mermaid had a Had phallic yeah, object? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they pulled it if off you the watch, shelves. If you watch the old Little Mermaid movie, <laughs> wow. when Eric and Ariel are getting married, the robe like on the priest, the, like a boner. Pitching a tent. He pitches a Damn tent. Damn it. I, I didn't remember that. I got to watch it now. <sighs> yeah. Sorry. That's a very innocent child. Yeah. I'm just kidding. That's when hidden no, Mickey's were really hidden. Okay. <laughs> um. So, yeah. I... I um. <laughs> to get back on track uh we were talking about all these new shows that came out with fat representation and you might that turn me on to this show that i'm definitely gonna watch we watched the first episode today american housewife and the very oh first line of the show it's on hulu yes um is this woman kind of like washing the dishes with her family in the house and the fat neighbor across the street who's fatter than her is moving out and so then she's gonna be like the second fattest person in her neighborhood in her yeah in her yeah. like little town and so she's worried about that and i remember us touching on that in uh, part one our part one like how whenever i mean whenever i go into a room i always am aware of people's sizes like i look around i'm like yeah i'm the fattest person here and then i look at the chairs oh am i gonna fit in the chairs am i gonna break the chair am i gonna break the chair and i look around i'm like oh is there any people of it's color like the airplane, yeah, the yeah, airplane exactly. ride is another one um so it's just like this more we have a different awareness maybe than people that are uh, a smaller size you know people, people from the from the thin community from the thin community <laughs> thin yeah. privilege yeah, but I wonder how I wonder if the if the writers on American Housewife are people of a size. size, yeah. That is interesting. I didn't get to look into any yeah. of that. Cuz that definitely changes the context as right. well. Yeah. Yeah. I love American Housewife. I didn't know that I would. The reason that I watched it, mm-hmm. I, I do a very uh, regular search of queer characters in TV, period. This is like a very frequent thing that I do and they they have a uh, a queer character who plays her best friend on there mm. and she's a, a black woman and her other best friend is like ali wong so like and the main character is a white lady yeah she's a white mm-hmm. woman who's so that's how they make fat people palatable still for the record because i don't think any of them have been people of color that are fat people am i wrong 
as the main character as the of main the show? fat character of any of these shows no Mm-mm. okay just wondering <laughs> of course just gotta set that up because yeah i would like to i would like to see it like white, monique wh- said <laughs> white women go first right <laughs> apparently so yeah so yeah this show it is comedy i think it's abc and like i didn't realize that i would fall in love with this main character so much because she's funny she's also mean she's also like pretty ruthless and like her the storyline of her family a lot of the time is having a lot less money and like status than their neighbors so i related it to it on that level where i you know i have a lot of insecurities about growing up poor and stuff and shit like mm-hmm. that so I, know, I fell in love with that show and she's she is insecure of her body like she but it's like the same way that we all are so i, I don't know it's mm. it feels like it's in a natural way it feels like it's in a realistic way okay i'm actually excited to watch that show yeah i think i, I, I think i like it, it i think i'm gonna like it mm-hmm. and yeah. they also have like a her kid is like she has like ocd oh right yes, yes. Relatable yes, content. She does. yeah um Another show we talked about was Euphoria, and I actually haven't seen it, so no spoilers, please. Too bad. No, uh, and I, I'll try. It's on my list. It's on my list. We should watch that tonight. Okay. So um, I'm down. So I'm the, the reason that that Euphoria is kind of, or one of the reasons that Euphoria is taking the world by storm is because of Barbie Ferreira, who's a white Latina. <laughs> oh, Hell yeah, white Latinos. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and well, she... I'll never get my own show. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh I will, God. bitch. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. You already have your own show, Declarations Radio. You can be my best friend in the show. Can you get your ass? <laughs> I'll give you a B storyline. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm gonna make you like just every, check off every single box. Okay. That I don't. That I'll I'll queer this. I'll give this, you a this, little. This. I'll give you like a little ladder so you don't have to hop over the fence. Oh my God! Step Jesus. up, upgrade, level up, level, level up, up, level up, level up. up. Shout out to Gabby. <laughs> uh, fuck me. Wait, wait, wait. You were talking Barbie about Euphoria. Ferreira. Yeah. Latinx. La Barbie Ferreira. Mm-hmm. She plays Kat Hernandez, uh, and she starts off. I, I think she actually embodies a lot of the things we've discussed already. She does. In, She's in the Gen Z way. form. Oh, okay. So she like we're already I, at Generation Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, damn. What are we? Millennials. Oh, girl, where you been? What you mean? I'm a millennial. Yeah. You're an old millennial. It's true. I, I know I'm a millennial. Sorry. You are on the on. You're not. <laughs> Shout out this older drink. But we're not Generation working. Y. No. no, baby. That's not how That's they're determined. There's Boomer and then there's X. Millennial. No. The ones above us are, I don't remember them. Might be Gen X. Gen X. And then we millennial, were Millennial and there's and Gen Z. Z. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. What happened to Y? I think it was it's... Generation Y me turned into Generations. It's Gen Millennial X. because of the... Wait, what? Or, sorry. Yeah, Millennial. Just because the Millennium happened. Yeah, you know? yeah. 2000s. But anyways, yeah, it's Gen Z format. So she like does what maybe, I don't know if you guys did this, but what I definitely did is go on Tumblr and find yourself. And <laughs> she uh, finds popularity, popularity online, but not in real life. And uh, she's like, there's this, I don't know, there's this whole story. I, there's, it's just too hard to not to spoil it. I, dis- I think we can discuss her without spoiling her. I don't think it's spoiling her. I think... We see her discover herself and like the most empowering scene for that, that I had multiple friends send me the screenshot before I watched it, which was like the quote. I'm just walking through the yes. mall. Do you remember it without it's, fucking it up? I don't I'll know it, it perfectly, but I can definitely say it well enough. But it's like 
Kat Hernandez is realizing as she, after she kind of gets this makeover and kind of like stops giving a fuck about what people think of her and like shit like that everyone else yeah so she like kind of has like a personality and like a wardrobe makeover mm-hmm. and she's walking through the mall looking like a bad bitch yeah and she's it's something like she realizes or like the most she, dangerous thing in the world is like a confident fat woman or something the, or like the that. most powerful thing in the world is a fat woman who doesn't give a fuck yes that's what it was and yeah. i said oh it hit it, it, it's yeah, really hard i mean and multiple people sent it to me and i hadn't watched it yet and i was like okay shit I, let me watch this i'd never well i mean i guess i have but i i pretty much haven't in in like that kind of narrative television seen a scene where they treat her like they do the pop blonde mm-hmm. she's walking through the mall and everybody's turning their heads everybody's shook shook like drooling over this woman and again that's because she's still very palatable right she's She's a white Latina. She's white Latina, but she's also honestly almost like Ashley Graham style fat, where it's like that early light fat where you're like thick, quote unquote. She still has a neck. Yes. The yeah, double from, chin. from the neck up, she like looks thin. She she could pass as thin. Sometimes. Yes. And so that's the thing that I'm like, of course it has to be palatable. By high school standards, sure. Thin she's passing. High school, but yeah. That's the that's the real difference is that in yeah. high school, being fat like is completely different from being fat like now nah, like when you're older like like she in comparison to all these super skinny like zendaya body type people is big for sure yeah um but i think within her character she has because she, she's very sweet and kind of timid at first and then she like ends up discovering like the web um what's it called like webcamming yeah she becomes like what cam growing so and she like, becomes getting money. like a dom and so she Ooh, becomes yeah. mean mm-hmm. and so it's really interesting to see this shift in her own character she's not really mean to her friends so much per se but kind of because she makes kinda, that connection she's trying to like distinguish herself from this personality she's kind of created for this online persona so it's actually really interesting to see her um embody a lot of these things we're discussing where like she, the mistrust of men yes and then and she's like start, and this is where like as a as you know i guess a hetero woman it's really interesting because she was like oh you don't want to just fuck me because it becomes very that in the yeah. in the hetero dating world where it's like we do just become either like their fetish or they're like they think we're desperate for their fucking and it's like no like we don't have to be that but she ends up kind of reclaiming it back for herself again um, that's not super spoilery. I'm sorry if it was, but you should definitely still watch it because I think that was mad vague. I'm definitely gonna watch it. Right, like the we didn't spoil like specific actions that not make at all. her do right. what she okay. does at all. Okay, you can uh, start thinking about it now. <laughs> Shut up, bitch. Yeah. No, but it's <laughs> it's it's lovely that she's she's also. Uh, no, that's that's too much of a spoiler. I I like where her storyline ends up at at the end of the season. I'll say that. Like okay. I just really like it. Okay. And she's a fun character. And she's just wild, interesting. Like, mm-hmm. just I don't know the the all of Euphoria. I've already talked about in a previous episode. Really intrigued me, but Kat Hernandez in particular took the world by storm. Like Barbie Ferreira. Like everybody, everyone's talking about how beautiful she is. Right, but then again, it's still like I'm gonna keep pushing this thing because. I know I wonder it with my even my own quote unquote brand or whatever I'm doing that a lot of my friends are encouraging me to do, but I'm like, how it's hard to get the support of people as a brown person who might not be seen as the norm in beauty world. All these shows that we've discussed have had these fat main characters 
as white or white passing people. Right. So they're, they're going to be accepted because that's still the form of beauty that's accepted in the world. And so, I mean, that can lead us to our next discussion, which is, um, kind of this resurgence of Missy Elliott, um, that's been occurring. And we definitely talked about her and Lizzo last episode as well, but Missy didn't get a lot of the credit she deserved until this recent resurgence. Um, I would say it kind of, bubbled back up with uh, her performing at Katy Perry's um, Super Bowl. And then she also was finally accepted into the Music Hall of Fame earlier this year. And then she recently um, won the Video Vanguard Award, which, shout out to The Read, they really pushed for a lot um, over the past few years. But it really makes you wonder why she was not getting the credit she deserves. Or you right. can go ahead and say it's because she's a was a fat black woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you are that, you're working times 10 of whatever any other fat person might be working against. And getting a tenth of the credit. Exactly. And you're often setting the culture norms, right? And, and that's what I know I mentioned a million times last episode is that your Monique's, your um, Missy's, your Queen Latifah's, your all these bigger black women were really what was setting the standard for me to even have a fucking confidence to be able to say, I can be beautiful and dance and this and that. And so like seeing that it took her this long to really kind of get re-recognized is really sad. And then also beautiful at the same time, because of someone like Missy, we're seeing Lizzo and Lizzo is very, very adamant on her appreciation of Missy. And I also wonder what the conversations are around Lizzo and if it worked the other way around too, because Lizzo is so popular now, are people paying, are the youngins, are the, what do they call them? Generation Z. Z. Mm-hmm. Like, paying you it. sound so old. <laughs> These youngins. What are the youths? Are they, what are they? <laughs> yeah. Hey there, kids. Are, or what is are they, because a lot of people didn't, How do you a do lot of kids? these kids, I bet. <laughs> I'm 30 Rock. <laughs> This music band. What did you say today? What in tarnation? Yeah. <laughs> um, I wonder how many of these kids saw Missy Elliott for the first time at the VMAs this mm. year. I mean, know? and that's what that whole video was, right? Yeah, throwback. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But like, I grew up watching Missy. Yeah. And so I was able to, even if she wasn't, because she's not ever at it, she's not ever really vocalizing like queerness or vocalizing fatness, but she's just kind of showing it right like she's just like subtly showing it like within her own video she's not including a lot of fat people just herself correct lizzo is like nah y'all gonna see fat bitches and that's why i really it got me thinking the other day it's like remember when beyonce came out with her self-titled album and you know she was claiming her her feminist identity Mm -hmm. and like teaching basically her stands about feminism Mm -hmm. with her songs with her performances i remember i went to see the mrs carter tour it's the first time i saw it um which is kind of ironic that it was called the mrs carter tour and it was about feminism yeah reclaiming but that's Uh reclaiming her own in her own way right okay okay i respect that i respect it and so we won't talk jay-z right now Mm. but um look at do you remember how beyonce was criticized for just having the word feminism behind her or feminist behind her during her musical numbers for that tour. Like, oh, now Beyonce's a feminist. Mm-hmm. Great. 
we thought even bell hooks went in on her yeah like oh great we can't just have entertainment anymore it all has to have a message and then now we have somebody who somebody like lizzo fighting fat phobia the patriarchy all this fucking homophobia with her songs and i haven't heard i haven't heard a lot of backlash at all on twitter but it has but taken maybe... her a lot of a long time right and then truth hurts, like you were mentioning earlier I... truth hurts has been out for years yes and i was like yo i've been but... trying to put y'all on for a minute right 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 i'm not saying that she, she i did i'm not saying that lizzo had to work twice I'm, I'm gonna say it now she had to work harder than beyonce to get oh, to where absolutely. she is right now even though beyonce worked very very hard but like it's amazing how lizzo took her power as a fat black woman and and her being black is a big thing because mm-hmm. look at all the powerful fat people, fat women on TV. They're usually black women, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know. I, I don't and again, know. they become butt of the jokes a lot and of times become, as well. Yes, but Lizzo took that and subverted that power, and then used it for for good. Yes, because she's know? intentional with it. And she's and she's really smart. And it's it's using all the things that we talked about. Her size. Her, her, the trauma that she turned into comedy, into being a funny person, and then, and then deciding that her message was going to be about self love, and and I mean I heard her interview with Terry Gross uh, on Fresh Air, mm-hmm. and she called out Terry Gross like what did she say? She's like basically that she was tired of people talking about body positivity. Like mm. I am who I am. It's not that big a That's deal. That's not all there is to That's me. That's not all there is to me, and it kind of shook her. You know, yeah, and so it takes a lot of interview. I got mm-hmm. asked once by a person who has learned and grown from this, but because <laughs> uh, we talked about on our podcast, like being queer is not the most interesting thing about us, mm. and they're like, they're like, but that's what People you guys love boxing you in, yeah, but they're like, no but that's, that's what, what you talk about, they're like, but that's what you're self identifying at, but that's what you're talking about, and it's like, it's still not the most interesting but I'm thing all of about that me, anymore. yeah, and it's just, I don't know, and I, lo- but I love that relationship, like. You think about people think about like Beyonce and like how she's paved the way for so many black women and so many women artists. Um, and I, I actually think of it the other way, too, like how much other artists influenced her. Like I saw Homecoming. She had maybe two, three thick girls on stage. I mean, but it was a big deal, even her having two big women at that Coachella performance. Exactly. Would those thick women have been on stage without Lizzo? I, I mean, and that's where, like... That's you can, what I think about. You can definitely think of yeah. that, but I think there's also just a natural... And Lizzo is a big face of it, um, yeah. but I think there's a natural resurgence within um, plus-size modeling and the plus-size community in general because there's actually... They're actually being seen. I know there's recently a Calvin Klein ad that just came out with big bodies. There's a Nike ad with big bodies. And some of them might not be so big, but I follow a lot of the models, and, and the ones I follow that are still not palatable bodies, right? They are really fat. They're not palatable fat. They're not cute Ashley Graham fat. They're like, hey, we're fucking fat. (laughs) Um, They struggle a lot. They will get a great campaign or a shoe campaign or design a whatever with somebody and they will still be struggling because it's only when it serves these 
these companies, you know, whenever they want it or when it's in. And right now, inclusivity is in and activism is in. And so that's what gets really scary mm-hmm. because it's like, is it just clickbait or do y'all actually give a fuck? Because I bought a Nike bra and that hoe still don't fit me, right? Yeah, marketing is marketing, right? Like, right. And so we, that's where, like, like you have... Audiences have why- to keep it in the loop for sure and like because even on that coat homecoming performance which i know i discussed it a little bit on the colores beyonce's amazing yes yes but even her saying that she wasn't eating to fit in this dress is not fucking helping the culture Mm-mm. it's not it's fucking toxic to Especially, say you're yeah. starving yourself when we already see you as glorious sis like we really do we already love you for that so when we continue to push mm. this narrative of keto and this and that or whatever fucking new fad is in it's like do we really have to hate ourselves that much that we have to be thin is thin equate happiness and it also she by doing that she put it in the context of like her working hard to make this performance great mm-hmm. so like it, it kind of you can turn it around and be like oh fat people are fat because they're not working hard enough right and it's like to be thin to be thin yeah so Shit. i don't know that's where yeah that line was really problematic i get that that's the pressure but just talking about it is maybe and i mean and that's what happens and i I, we again might have discussed the last episode where it's like that also becomes a thing of access and resource um and i wanted to bring up the last few which i really appreciate because they are very they seem to be very comfortable in their fatness um which is our girl nicole buyer i fucking stan like i've never i don't think i've ever loved a comedian as much as nicole byer um and i think it's because of of what you were just talking about her work ethic is incredible she's funny of course um but she's she's one of the hardest working comedians in show business right Right. like and she she again is a black woman so she hasn't had it easy at any regard um, but I, alongside yeah. her, I want to bring up from Black Lady Sketch Show, Ashley Nicole Black, I believe is her name. Brown. Brown. I always say Ashley Black because that's another person. Let me look it up. I'm well, sorry. Nicole Byer played her doppelganger. Okay, so that, was that is Ashley Nicole Black. It's Ashley, Ashley Nicole, Nicole Black. Black. It's like it's right. like you were funny. They're making they're funny, but they're also making a very bold statement, which is very fucking relatable, right? So yeah. they joke about it in relation to invisibility. And yeah. I've heard multiple fat women say that. And I myself just said, when I don't have makeup on, I don't get treated right. For real, I don't. And so that whole bit of that was like these two fat black women who were playing fucking FBI like or spy agent superstars because they were able to be invisible to everyone around them simply because they were fat. Right. And so it made it that much funnier and more relatable, um, which I even was cracking up on another episode when Ashley um, says something along the lines of like, oh, men, married men love to cheat with fat bitches. And I, my friend screamed, <laughs> Ari screamed because I have so- said that to her multiple times. Because the number of married men that try to hit on me scares me. <laughs> God. And I'm like, why are y'all doing this? Like, is Lo- it a that happened to me last night. Wow. With a married person? Yeah. And you were like, Ew. With like two kids. Oh, shit. And bitch. then I brought up his kids and he was like, oh, yeah. Uh, got super awkward. Yeah. Face. But it's like they really see us as their like either their, fe- their fetish, their dream, their fantasy. And it's like, 
why do we have to, why can't we exist in your real life? Why are y'all so afraid to be with us in real life? I mean, I don't want to be open. open. I know, but I mean me in any (laughs) regard. Like I'm, I'm fucking amazing enough to be dated and shown around to your family without you being scared of what your tia is going to say. Cause my body's fat and she hates hers and I love mine. Like that's, that's, that's your problem, not mine. Right. But it's because we're so afraid of fatness. And as I just scrolled through Instagram, Lizzo's on stage dancing with the baby who is a fucking like hard ass rapper. And so I'm like, that sends a message, right? Like that says to people, I'm allowed to love this and, and love it for who it is and not just what I think it can do for me. Yeah. I mean, that kind of reminded me not anymore. I feel like I, I'm not that invisible anymore, but that has a lot to do with the comedy thing Mm -hmm. where like I make myself likable to people, especially when I just meet them. But when I was a kid, I didn't have that. Yeah, I didn't have that. I don't know. I I was very shy. I didn't didn't talk right. Like I hadn't developed that defense mechanism yet. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like, yeah, I was literally invisible to people that I was standing in front of sometimes as a kid. And like one of my like most traumatizing moments is about that where like Mm. I was left out of the conversation and it was like one of my skinny friends brought me up but like that shit was like you know you know what i do sometimes and i and i actually realize this now it's because i'm i am uh i have male privilege cis white passing male privilege is that when people don't acknowledge them in a room or standing next to them i will stand there and just look at them like in the face like until they make eye eye contact with me like for an uncomfortably long time where they will like look up at me. And it's like something that I've just been doing more consciously now because I, I realize people don't. How do they react? They're weirded out because like I won't, I, I don't know. Like I, but they don't challenge it. No, they don't challenge it. It's because I'm, I'm a safe, yeah, I'm no. a safe, I'm yeah, a safe and person you're a because I'm fat, because I'm, because I'm gay, because whatever, you know, but it's like, I see people doing that, like ignoring that I'm in a space and it's to me, I've just been, a lot of my artwork is about this. It's just like about taking up space and how we navigate space as people of color, as queer people. And we talked about it on the last episode, how we're either hyper visible or we're invisible. Right. Right. And it's like, no, you're going to fucking acknowledge my existence at this grocery store or at this gym or at this... You know, it's like at this restaurant, you know what I mean? Like, fuck you. And you re- you can respect me as equal yeah. instead of less than. Because what I see for me, especially from hetero men, is I become the villain, right? I become the villain to them because I hold them accountable. I, I don't feel like I'm a mean person by, by, I don't really think I am. But because of the confidence or whatever I carry, like people quickly <laughs> make me that way, right? Because I'm very direct and kind of like... I don't know. I don't really know, but I've 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 encountered it a lot more often, especially with hetero men, um, especially with hetero Latino men specifically, because I'm like the triple threat against everything that uh, a Latina woman is supposed to be. Um, so I do think that's an uh, interesting point to bring up because I'm sure you don't get that kind of thing, and I get no. that often, mm-hmm. um, and it's really fascinating to me because a lot of women are really excited about me, and they're like, ooh, because I'm like what they wish they could be in a way, I guess. I don't really fucking know. I don't really understand it. I'm still getting used to it. 
but it is super fascinating. But I definitely think taking into consideration colorism, sexism, even ageism, like all those different things um, need to be discussed because shit, depending on my shade, like it's going to be different depending on my makeup, depending on where, whatever setting I'm in, depending on how I'm talking to you. It's always going to be different. Yeah, and, and this is a call to action for all you skinny bitches listening to this. Fuck you all skinny bitches. bitches. Fuck, Fuck you skinny bitches. bitches. In the club. Uh, <laughs> I want to see that. Okay. Um, stand up for your fat friends. Like, if you don't see this, start paying attention. But also clock your own fat phobia. Yes. Start paying attention to where you sit in a restaurant when your fat friend comes to you. Start paying attention to how people treat fat people around you and you'll start seeing it like people don't believe us a lot of times a lot of people say i'm overreacting when i say things like this and yes a lot of it is our own insecurities like who isn't insecure you know um me but our insecurities (laughs) aren't taken as seriously as like they're not because it's our fault because we're fat start paying attention and start using your privilege to speak up because um, I, I really, one of my, one of my best friends, uh, black, queer, gender fluid person, he, we have, we have basically like grown up together and, um, we've had, we've had really serious conversations within the last couple of years, uh, where they can't speak up because then they'll be the crazy black person mm. talking. So when I'm with them and somebody says something out of pocket, I step in and say something because I people will listen to me and not listen to them. And so it's just and it's something that I was blind to for so many years. For years I didn't see that. And it just took a couple instances and us kind of recapping after like, "Hey, when you said that to that lady, I really appreciate that because I couldn't say that because then we probably would have been kicked out of the bar." And I'm like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And then I started noticing everything. Like, every time we would walk into a room together, how we were treated differently. You know what I mean? So, yeah. It's a call to action, folks. Yeah. But it's like, to to kind of round out the conversation, like, it's very similar to all, to being queer, to being, like, a person of color. Like, the discrimination, like, has a very similar feel like speaking as a person who is also queer and a woman or whatever like and has to go through those things like being fat out of all my identities that's the hardest mm-hmm. one like and that's beyond the world that's beyond culture like that's yeah. what i have to tell people like when fat phobia is worldwide cross culture cross and it's the same everything. shit like people that are out there screaming about like uh homophobia or whatever other like horrible discriminatory things that like society has mostly now accepted to be horrible things fat phobia is not one of those that has been accepted as one of those horrible things it's still a joke to most people yeah like it's the same shit guys like you know like it's it's terrible yeah and and i also want to mention like and i'm not talking about just like defending your friends in front of like your whack-ass family at a party or at a grocery store Mm -hmm. with some bigots i'm talking about i've had to do this in spaces that are very socially conscious and woke quote unquote yeah you know what i mean like tell us more i've just i've just been in spaces and institutions academically and maybe with other artists that 
you know, social justice spaces Mm -hmm. where this happens and fat phobia and colorism is ignored Mm -hmm. a lot. Yeah. A lot. Even in these spaces. Absolutely. Because most of the people that are listening to this, you know, if you've made it this far. And they're very ableist and all that Yeah, like, yo, we got to. same criticism as, like, when we criticize white feminism Mm -hmm. because they're, like, very, like, tunnel vision. They only really care about, like, one thing. It's the same kind of thing. Like, Mm -hmm. even if you're in this queer uh, blah, blah space, like, there's probably still some fat phobia there. Right. And that's why I always say, say start internal. Because if you don't start internal, it doesn't matter if you're calling out your friends or whoever, if you're still like, I hate myself for being 10 extra pounds, right? Like, why do you hate yourself for that? Like, and maybe we can do a fucking part three and really discuss more of the dissection of fatness and where this stuff like really derived from. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I I, I mean, I know I want to read more on that. And I know like, I'm glad to see Roxanne Gay and all these other people kind of discussing it more and really discussing their relationship to to it and their trauma. And I know for myself, I want to discuss dissect that as well and like a lot of that's connected to gut and gut trauma i mean trauma is connected to the gut gut trauma uh, i don't know your feelings is. in your Rotting stomach them. correct Together. and so like all of that happens through there and so that to me is so fascinating in general um which i think we got some questions so i wanted to kind of jump yeah. into that as well because i think there's a lot more there that we don't discuss and it's really a complicated discussion and it's maybe not that complicated but because they're so rare um it becomes more complex because everybody kind of just hones in their personal life experiences um so i wanted to start with a response i received i'm going to keep them all anonymous okay i said that wrong anonymous (laughs) yeah half a drink and here i am anonymous um this person trigger warning um eating disorder okay um, they just shared how they felt about it. Um, they said, listening to the first part the other day of the episode, I agreed with everything y'all discuss. I needed to hear all that. I refused for years to go to the dentist because I was bulimic for a decade or so. When I finally went to the dentist recently, they told me how bad my teeth are. I still couldn't admit admit out loud it was from my eating disorder. Body image is so damn tough. It literally affects how you care for yourself in so many ways. Um, so that one was just a response. Mm. Obviously that was a lot. Um, so thank you for sharing that. And that's very vulnerable of you, but I think those are, that's the side effects, right? Like that's what happens, um, because we are so ashamed of that and not fitting whatever image, uh, society primarily like white society has created for us to be the norm or the beauty standard. I've I've heard people like fat people use bulimia as a joke where they're like, oh, I tried to be bulimic once, that type yeah. of thing, and it's like, I I get why they're doing that joke. It's fucked up, mm-hmm. but because like when I was younger, I used to sometimes find myself like fetishizing mm. eating disorders. I used to be like, that could be my way out, mm. and like now I look back at it and I'm like, holy fuck, or this shit was food poisoning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From eating bluebell. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wait, did you give food poisoning for me? No, I made that no, joke earlier. You... Oh, where was I? <laughs> At the grocery store. I fucking would oh. fantasize about that shit, man. Because I'm just like, what's the fucking easy oh, way know. out? It was fucking... Because you thought you would find thinness through that? Yeah. 
That like, shit's like... Yeah, you were like, you could almost die, but you look thin. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, but that's the thing, like... Yeah. And I want to be open and admit that, like, recently I've been having, like... Not, like, a lot of health issues, but, like, little things here and there. And I'm like, damn, do I really got to go on this, like... I don't want to go on a diet. That's all I'm saying. But I'm like, I, don't, I love myself as I am. I really, truly do. And I really have finally learned to, like, look at my body and not hate it. Um, but at I the, ain't there yet, but I mean, and maybe we never will be, yeah. but I'm not going to lie and say, I love it every day. And I'm like, mm, yes, like, no, that's fucking lying. But I'm like, you know what? I don't like that. You know? And we said this last episode, but it's like, okay, it, it's fine. You know, we're going to work with it. Um, but now that I'm like, I have this pain in my foot and I have this other pain over here. I'm like, well, shit, do I need to like, mm. I want to do it for he- actual health reasons, not because, I want to be thin. Yeah. Not because I think thinness will equate happiness or rid of my depression or rid of my anxieties. Right. And that's the thing that like, if you are trying to lose weight for health reasons, I get it, but unpack that shit. Yeah. Is it really for health reasons or is it because your only standard of beauty and acceptance and you think that will equate, equate, Um, joy in your life is because you will finally have reached whatever this idea or dream of yourself is. I don't think that's right. And it's easy to say that, right. And still feel that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Cause it's the same thing. Will I finally reach love. Will people finally love me if I'm thin? Will people, whatever. And it's like, we can be both. And it doesn't have to be one or the other. I can love my body and still not love how I look in the mirror every day. Yeah. I have another, I have a question from Instagram here. I'll keep it anonymous too. Can you guys relate to parents saying, this is relating to what you were just saying, parents saying you're too big, but then encouraging you to overeat as Latinos. Hashtag relatable content. I think more with my grandparents. Mine's directly with my mom. With your mom? Mm -hmm. Um, And my mom's a lovely person, right? But like, I know my sister sent me a little like, instagram photo that said like when your parents wouldn't let you leave the table until you finished your food and it was like why like why did we have to eat this food if we were done i still have hang-ups on that same and like my friends will laugh at me but like i will take someone's leftovers because i don't want to waste food Mm -hmm. because how we were raised was was. it's a immigrant thing yes it's like how desgraciada you know like (laughs) how dare you waste half a chicken nugget you better finish your food and so it's like now i catch myself doing the same thing and so to the point of like why am I finishing the, am I full or am I just finishing it? Because that's like in my mind what it is. And so my mom, my whole life, obviously we won't get into it too much. I guess I already said we have to have a part three, but has very much been like, Hey, you need to lose weight. Hey, you need to try this diet. And you, I know have a whole nother binder of experiences, um, might that, that you can choose to discuss or not. And you've kind of shared with us a little bit. Um, but at the same time, I told her before I came today, she was like, you want a tamal? You want a taco? You want a this? And I was like, I'm going to eat. Like, yeah. we're going to eat somewhere with my friends. I'm okay. I promise. But it's like culturally, and it's a beautiful thing. They want to take care of us, right? They want to feed us. They want to make sure we're okay. That our culture and even my therapist has been like, a lot of the things you're discussing, Eva, come up, come with food. And so I'm like, ah, oh, bitch, you ready to unpack this? <laughs> like, 
because it's it's part of our culture. That's the norm. And so they don't even recognize a lot of the toxic behaviors they have and have instilled in us because we're grateful to even have food to give. So the fact that like you're supposed to be thin because that's what's beauty, what beauty is and that's what is healthy and that is what the standard is, quote unquote. But you better not be disrespectful and not turn away my food. Mm-hmm. What was your experience with that, Bobby? Um, I think it, I think that was the same thing. And also, like, uh, well, I had two very different experiences. Like, my one side of my family, we were we were pretty poor, and then the other side was middle class. So that was the experience there. Like, there was always food in the fridge. That was the way that my grandmother showed love was like always feeding me whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted. And then to the other extreme, where I feel like we never had food at my house. So like when there was food, we were like, me and my brothers were like fucking jackals. Like mm. we were like, Wah! like whenever there was like special, like snacks, my mom I mean. couldn't forget, like my mom would just, she just would only like, you couldn't buy a pack of Oreos at my house. Cause me and my brothers would kill it in like a second. Mm-hmm. And um, we have different fathers, my brothers and I. So, you know, genetics does have a lot to do with it too, but like, mm. They're not, I mean, they're fat now, hot, but (laughs) I don't know why I get some joy out of that. They're not fat. They're just not as skinny as they used to be because, you know, they're getting, they're in their 30s now too, like me. Metabolism, yeah. Yeah, so, but, um, they, uh, I, 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 you know, it took me so many years to realize like, oh, like, I don't have to eat this. Mm. Like, I've already, I know what this tastes like. I'm probably gonna have a chance again to eat this in the future or I've already had this before so I don't have to finish it right now it was like this thing is like we were like fucking scavengers you know and that was just like a just a behavior like a learned behavior because we were in the hood and like here you eat what you can you know what I mean that just comes from like having really busy parents and you know I don't blame them um, because it's, you know, a lot of people are the same way, but yeah, I, I've, I, I realized that I have had a very unhealthy relationship with food ever since I was really, really young. Um, and it's because like, if you didn't get to that piece of the pie before everybody else, it would be gone, you know? So it's like, I'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> I was like five. And my mom, she, we went to Disneyland, I think. I was very little and they took the whole, somebody got free tickets or something. Cause I don't know how we, Shit. we all got all, me and all my cousins went to Disneyland and my mom, uh, she bought this like special like Mickey Mouse cake and then brought it back with her like a and then cake? hit it in the, <gasps> as a chocolate cake and then hit it in the fridge, like probably as a treat or a present for later. And I found it like in the freezer one day and I remember uh grabbing it and running to one of the closets and going and just eating it before my mom got home and I remember the look on my mom's face when she like got back and she just like found this like Mm. empty Mickey Mouse and she's like why the fuck did you why did you do that like this was for you I wanted to surprise you with this and you just like it was just such a weird I didn't know how to express like well if I didn't eat it then my brothers would have ate mm-hmm. it or 
I, you know, it was like this, this weird and it was survival mode thing. So I really do want, I really hope we go into another episode one day and discuss our relationship to food because I mean, that's, I feel that right. I remember fucking hiding chocolate almonds from Pat (laughs) because we got them at Brahms and like, I finally had this thing that was my own that she couldn't have. And I hid them so well, I forgot where they were and I didn't find them for two years. So like, (laughs) it's a very opposite story. But it is interesting, right? Like, this thing of, like, it's a comfort um, and also becomes our demise. And then I don't know if y'all were like me, but I was excited when I would get any kind of American food because I was always getting, like, I want the guys and this and that. And now looking back, I'm like, bitch, you had a great lunch. But I was embarrassed. And so mm-hmm. I wanted a Lunchable. Oh, I, wa- I wish I had program. Oreos. I we'll wish I had these yeah. things. And so then now when I'm older and I'm unpacking that, like, the the community I lived in didn't really have access to a lot of healthy foods. Thus, that is what I grew up as norm. Or I'll tell my friend, this is a hood snack. Hot Cheetos and cheese? What you mean you don't like that, right? Like... But that was norm for me, and that felt like a treat. Like, and it's really not good for us, but it's what we know. It's what our culture is. It's what we enjoy. Then at the same time, it it can be killing us to some degree, right? Everything in moderation. I am not here to tell you that I'm a vegan bitch or anything like that. No shade there. I'm just straight up being for real. Like, to me, everything in moderation. But it is a really interesting... Um, conversation I think we should expand on um I don't Maite did you get any questions I got one more one more that says um I have a question mostly on behalf of my mom uh my brother is super inactive and eats bad like bad is there a way to encourage healthier habits and their brother is I guess a little on the thicker side um call me (laughs) <laughs> that's your advice thanks so much Bye. for listening um i think that kind of is a little bit of what i was naturally just saying right now is that like we see exercise and health and healthy food as like not fun to me growing up like i didn't fucking want salad and like when i was on the diet where i had to eat lamb and a grapefruit i was like god damn it like this is not good And so I think you have to find what works for you and like really allow someone to want to explore what health means for them. Um, I know in college I had discussions with some of my friends because they'd be like, bitch, you eat healthier than us. And like you're you're fat and we're thin and like this don't make sense. Right. Um, I think a lot of it goes back to trauma and like, why is this person or why were they overeating or whatever the outcome might have been? Some people have thyroid problems or all these different things. And so I think that's always worth noting um, the mental health of the person, in my opinion, Um, because that's when I noticed I was gaining weight was when I was a child and my parents got divorced. So that was the big thing that happened when I was five. Immediately after that, me and fatness have been homegirls, right? Like we never split Mm -hmm. since. However, health looks different for everyone. I think people have to really want to build a relationship with whatever quote unquote healthy means um, and understanding how, again, like you said, genetics are. um, A lot of Latinos are, have a lot of carry, like are more prone to diabetes and different vitamin C deficiencies and 
things like that. And so we really have to take that into consideration. Um, something that's recently kind of got me motivated, I will say, is the play that I saw here in Dallas, um, produced by Caramia Theater. Um, and the play was written by Virginia Grice, I believe. Um, Pat recommended it on our show. And it's a play called Your Healing is Killing Me. And I really love how she spins it within this play because she essentially says, get moving, not so that you can get thin, but so that you can fight white supremacy. Hmm. And so when I started thinking of that, I was like, you know what? I can do that, right? Because I'm not trying to get thin for men to like me or I'm not trying to get thin for my mom to like me or whatever other reason or for me to like me. But if I can spin it in a way where it's really for my own health and my own well-being and for me to fucking thrive in a way that I'm meant to thrive, I can get into that, right? But pressuring your family is not it. My family saying shit to me never fucking helped. It made me feel worse. It has to be the person's own journey for themselves. Um, And it's still fucking hard. I know a few months ago, I told my podcast that I was going to exercise more. I've probably exercised five times (laughs) since I said that. I'm going to be straight up and say that. It's kind of embarrassing, but if we're being vulnerable here, I'm going to tell you that like when I have fucking depression, anxiety, and I work like basically two jobs and I come home at 11, 12 o'clock at night every night, I don't fucking want to work out. I don't. And so we have to take all these different things into consideration and have grace with each other and with ourselves so that maybe we can really explore what health and fitness and eating well means for ourselves. Mm. Well, with this particular question, it brings me back to what we were talking about with the trauma. Like for me, like, money has a lot to do Absolutely. with food Access and, and my intake and exercise has more to do with completely like it's just not even going to factor that in so with this person if you're concerned about them yeah you're right like pressuring them that's don't don't do that it makes it like, worse in my opinion the only thing that i can say is like mm-hmm. if you fucking want if they want which is more important mm-hmm. if they want like find out like why they're turning to that like those unhealthy habits whatever they might be like that's what i would want to know it's like what why are you going for this so hard or whatever like what's what's going on in your head like what are you are you like fighting against something are you going through something like try to help what they're going through not so much what's going in their mouth i don't know and yeah and you know a lot of it stems uh from uh it's it stems from mental illness and depression and and people don't see that. People just see a lazy person who doesn't want to do anything, right? Yeah. And so maybe asking questions about that. And also just, I mean, just really straight up, like when my mom made me eat healthy or exercise, I mean, when I was, I mean, I, my mom got me a gym membership when I was like 12 years old. Mm, I got it when I was nine. Bitch. Yeah, I just got a whole ass machine for my birthday. Wow. We got a machine too. Mm-hmm. We got a gym inside of our house. Unasked, so, kind of. But, so know. I felt like I always felt like exercise and eating healthy was a punishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it shouldn't be that way. So you know, lead by example. Yes. Um, also, just complimenting a person on, hey, it's good to see you. You look great. You want to go, for, you know, you want to go for a walk? Let's go down, you know. Hey, I, I noticed you're eating a lot of Chick-fil-A. I love it too. 
Did you know it's homophobic? Nah. <laughs> Let's. You want to walk to the. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to explicitly say that, but like I just I don't know. I I think I've learned the most from people like family members of mine that are active, and you know they'll have a carne asada at the park, and so it's like we're eating healthier food, homemade food, and we're outside doing something physical, and like I have an uncle that I really admire that he never gave me shit about my weight, um, but he would. He would do, he, he sets up certain situations where it's like, we're all having fun and we're all outside and it's not a thing like we're here eating this healthy food and exercising. Right. You know, we're just living and having a good time and he's leading by example. For sure. You know what I mean? So it's a, and there are men, there are good uh, mental health components to fitness, which I'm, that's what I'm trying to lean into. But again, it's really hard um, to find that balance. But I think making that the norm of what our culture is, is really important as well. Um, because I, like for me, when I think, and this is my own personal experience, right? This isn't necessarily the norm across like Latinx culture, but it's like, it's very much so like work, sleep, eat, work, sleep, eat, work, sleep, eat. Right. And so like, obviously there, there is like a lot of people that fucking work out and stuff like that a lot. But if it's not naturally the norm of like what your um, daily routine is in a fun way, right? When I saw vegetables growing up, it was like fucking gross, right? It wasn't cooked in a way that I enjoyed. Yeah. And so now that I'm older and I can cook the Brussels sprouts how I want to, I can cook the zucchini how I want to, I can cook everything how I want to in a delicious way. And I really actually enjoy a lot of plant-based meals. It makes it more palatable than feeling like this disgusting thing where all these junk foods literally have ingredients to make us addicted to them, right? Sugar is addicting. All these things have addictive properties that make us want and crave that more than to torture ourselves, quote unquote, with healthy food. Thank you for your questions, listener. (laughs) Was Um, there another one? I don't think so. I looked on my stuff and I didn't see anything I didn't get any. Well, thank you for having us on your show, Mighty. Yeah, for sure. I know a lot of the... And part of that was not so much representation, uh, uh, the discussion, but important, important shit. (laughs) Absolutely. I I mean, I would like to talk about that because I got a lot of good feedback on that episode. And I know it it almost like obviously I don't know about for y'all, but podcasting feels therapeutic a lot um, because it is like obviously oral histories and stuff. But I know when I talked to the Grizzly Kiki, um, the Grizzly Kiki boys. Shout out, to, shout out to Grizzly Kiki, Robert Shout out and to Daniel. the different communities and pod communities and drag communities and queer communities and all these different communities that are shout so... Shout out to Oprah Magazine comment section. <laughs> okay, we amazing. made it. We made it, y'all. Um. Anyways, really that embrace fatness, right? And like th- when they told me in person how they felt and you told me they loved me and then yeah. they talked... Like that meant so much to me because I dead like i don't know what i'm doing but like that discussion and how they said they felt about me afterwards and how it made them reflect on themselves like i'm like whoa this one conversation we had on my bed like several months ago had a huge impact on people right like that's so fucking dope and it's so important that we continue to have these discussions um because there's so many fucking layers to it that we aren't addressing and and together we are able to do that so I, I think CYC and obviously both of you all personally to, for my, for being my friends and for having this discussion um, because we're able to really feel validated, heard, seen, loved, and, and, you know, not only ask for a call to action, but also allow all the listeners and people to really 
look for it in themselves um, as well. So it's okay to be fat and love yourself and to love fat people and to treat fat people well, um, just as you should everyone else in society. I just like that a lot of like like thin people are listening to this because it's like, I don't, I don't. I just don't think that they've heard these conversations before. Mm-hmm. They don't even consider it. Oh, here's a tip for thin people: <laughs> just because I'm fat doesn't mean you can touch me. Mm. Fatness is not consent. We're not a teddy bear. Don't fucking touch me, gang, gang. <laughs> but let's end on a positive note. Um, God damn. Sorry. Don't fucking touch. Me. I know people just always fucking. And that's true. It's, it's always fucking pet Or they me always like, try to. Lay, they lay up on me. They lay on my shoulder, and I'm like, I don't like, even like my, you that much. Rub my stomach, and I'm like, don't do. <gasps> they do not do that. People do that all the it's time. It's like a to me. like a safe thing. Like oh, like you're like, like a safe non-sexual finally, object or yeah, whatever. And like so now, finally, I'm like, why are you touching me? So there's a, I I would I, well I don't know if we want to dissect something no. else, but I was gonna say just <laughs> within the like male body is morphia is extreme as well oh girl part part three it is part three part Uh. three but (laughs) another shout out to uh, nicole byer because so fat so brave that's like one of the hashtags she uses and which is why we got that episode which so just want to give the credit where credit is due and big credit to you two and for um you know having this conversation and and um, I know Latinos Who Lunch gets a lot of credit for your episode on CYC. Do they? <laughs> and yeah, we were just in Forbes, and they mentioned the, they mentioned this they episode? mentioned the episode. Are you serious? Yeah, That's I mean not directly, but they said that we dealt with. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did have some fat. Uh, yeah, you had. You guys I've, had. I've had. Several, you guys inspired this, right? Right. I've, I've, but but they've listened to the to our episode. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's what they wrote about. So anyway. I just want to and give... there was another article you said that wrote yes, about it too. Yes, I want to give credit where credit is due. The AV Club? Yes. Oh, but that wasn't about the, this episode. But anyways. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> delete. Delete, delete, deleted. No, but it's... There's some... There's... I think my biggest goal with like Latinos Who Lunch and with the Art People podcast is to show that Latinos, people of color, we're multidimensional and, you know, we're people. <laughs> and I think these conversations are really important and eye-opening for a lot of people because these are uncomfortable conversations, like you were saying. So um, thank you for providing that space on CYC. Yeah, thank you guys for being here for it. Like, I, I gushed over it, you guys last time as well, but I'm going to do it again. Like, I, I don't feel comfortable talking about these things with many people. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult for me, especially because even in people in my life currently, I see toxic behaviors mm-hmm. like that. And I don't want to. Keep, and we, I, and I don't, we have them ourselves too. We're I, not, I have them up there. Yeah, ass. like let's not so, pretend that we don't have yeah, them, I have right? Them. I don't know. It's it's really hard for me to be comfortable with it, and you guys help with that. I literally can't think of any other people that I can that I like to have these conversations that I enjoy having these conversations with. With everybody else, it's just labor. Mm-hmm. It's just that difficult. part. It's trauma. Ooh. Yeah, that's the nice thing is like we all have a shared experience so Mm -hmm. we can just kind of talk about it without um, feeling like you're going to be invalidated at some point. Or explaining something, you know, like we're just just talking about it. Or just saying like, hey, it's okay that I'm this way or, you know what I mean? Like anytime I walk into the carne asada, it's like, oh, did you lose weight? No, bitch. I actually gained, you know, and it's like, but that's 
one of the main talking points culturally of like who we are. And so being able to have those discussions in this space is is critical to advancing it. For sure. And maybe like the next one where we're not talking about media representation can be on one of your your two podcasts. Let's do one, okay, let's do one about food for Latinos who lunch. I I'm down. That would be fun. I think that would make sense. And then we can talk about the trauma on mine. Boom. <laughs> Split it up. Sweet. Boom, baby. Perfect. Yeah, because media kind of encapsulates everything. And Absolutely. We, need, we do need to break it up a little bit more, especially now that we know how interested people are in it. And to be honest, I want to have the conversations just to figure more shit out about myself mm -hmm. because I've been struggling lately. We should all do research and stuff. I know I've been reading and purposely... I've been reading Hunger again. Yeah, do, I need to pick it back up again. But like we have what to do that? our own research on fatness and like shout out to like all the fat Instagram pages and Curvy Cariño and pages like that. People who reshared the stuff. I saw a lot of love. Lots and of nopales. There's lots of great... Sin um, Faja. Sin shout out. There's a podcast, Bopo. It's in Spanish, Body Positive. Oh, I didn't know that. Mm -hmm. check it out. Yeah, there's a lot of amazing things happening in the internet world, especially as far as fatness goes. So shout out to all of them um, as well. And so hopefully we can advance the conversation more next time. Um, <laughs> On So Fat, So Brave. <laughs> Part three. <laughs> <laughs> um, do we want to put our ads or something? Yeah, you can follow me at Favi Fav on all social media platforms. You can follow at Latinos Who Lunch and at Art People Podcast to see what I'm up to. <laughs> God, you, you fucking like my, robot. Did you like you my white announcer voice? Yeah, you killed it. Thank you. Uh... Please visit my website, www.justinfavela.com to see my art. I'm scared. <laughs> and for the latest episodes, God Latino damn, girl! <laughs> we were on a break! Okay, Ross. Um, oh, shit. Uh, you can follow me at Eva Arreguin, E-V-A-A-R-R-E-G-U-I-N. I know you can't spell it, so I spelled it for you. Um, even if y'all are Latino listeners, you probably... Uh, whatever. Anyways, you can also listen to me talk similar shit on Decolores Radio at Decolores Co., um, we're on Spotify, we're on all the platforms and check us out on thecoloredisradio.com um, DM me, reach out to me I love having these conversations I love sharing energy with people so feel free to reach out maybe don't share it too much because I'm fucking sensitive as hell So, <laughs> anyways, thank you Maite and shout out to CYC for always having these dope conversations and for having us on I love doing this and make sure to yeah, follow both of these podcasts make sure to rate and review them most, most importantly on iTunes because that's how we get more recognition and shit like that and us too, follow at CYC Podcast if you're coming from the other pods and uh, we're also on everything Support fat people. Support fat people. <laughs> support fat, support people. fat podcasters. Yeah. Hell yeah. Especially non-white fat people. Mm -hmm. They really need your love. Yes. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, guys. Thank you for being here once again. Bye. 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 Winters. <laughs> <laughs>